Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we definitely talk about a real hockey game that certainly happened this weekend. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty, also host at Locked On Tigers, finally getting some news to talk about with maybe, maybe not some deals getting brokered. You don't look confident. No, no. We, we talk about it on, uh, on today's show, but uh, I am the, there's there's not going to be a deal done by, by the imaginary deadline to start the season on time. It's That's, not going to happen. That's the keyword, imaginary deadline. Really, yeah, that deadline was a threat. Correct. Yes. It's yeah. People need to realize that that's not. There's no like court. It's like oh, it has to be done by the 28th or else no season. It's just the deadline. The owners literally just fabricated out of the air. We're like, this is in in '95. Actually, we 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 have a hockey game to get to, but in '95, actually, there was a strike at the end of '94 that went all the way to '95, and uh, they got the deal done like five or six days after the fabricated deadline to start the season on time. They still played 162 that year because, again, it's not a real deadline. So a little bit of hope there for you. Tyler Madison interview also Friday. Well, we need a little bit of hope because the Red Wings are not providing any of that. Um, No. Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Also, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and uh, lines than ever before. Bet online, where the game starts. Bet online. It's, it's early for that one. That, that comes later, <laughs> Scotty. That's gonna come later. I say um, it every time I hear the word bet online. It just triggers that yes. that instinct in you. Hundred percent. Uh, yeah. So I'm blaming this hundred percent on the ice. I'm just gonna say the ice sucked or something because the Pistons played before. I thought- I'm gonna say the Pistons <laughs> ruined the ice. Yes. I thought you were about to say, I'm blaming this 100% on you. That's what I no. thought you were going to say. <laughs> I mean, I can. <laughs> I'm just going to say the ice was horrible, and so everyone sucked. There was a little bit of slipping and sliding around. There was a couple of blown tires. but I mean, they're playing on ice. All right, move on. Get to, get to <laughs> your next. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, yes, Red Wings <laughs> fell 10-7. to 7. To the Toronto Maple Leafs. It doesn't get any less funny. It's been two days now since it happened when we're recording this. Well, I guess it's been a day. It doesn't. It doesn't get. It. It doesn't lose its amusement or its shock factor. Well, ten to seven. The defense and the goaltending gets worse in every single match we play against Toronto. In the first game, these two teams played. It was five to four. In the second game, seven to four. This time, ten to seven. Toronto scores more goals, and granted, the Red Wings do too. Every single time both these teams play. And I, I, Scotty, I'm almost at a loss for words <laughs> on where to start and like what to even like br- how to even break down what a horrendous, but also at the same time, highly entertaining game. Highly entertaining for like all the wrong reasons, but like it was fun. But also, you're going, this is like. I, I've seen men's league games with better goaltending and better defense. It's horrid. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I genuinely don't 
Let's start. Like, would you want to just start with the, the 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 elephant in the room, the goaltending? Sure. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's not goaltend it out of the. Well, honestly, we could spend the whole first on goaltending, the whole second on defense, and the whole third on offense if we really wanted to. There we go. Now we have a show breakdown. Take it away, Scotty. All right. Uh, goaltending. Also, did you notice I switched mics mid episode? That was slick of me. Uh, I did not so, notice. So that was very slick. Yeah. Um. So. Goaltending. No one's going to come on here and say that the goaltending in a, a game in which you gave up 10 goals was good because it was far from good. It was it was rough. Okay, I almost just said Mrazic. Ned looked rough. That was rough too. Gr- every, every goalie on both teams looked rough. Both starters got pulled. Ned got pulled and then put – what was the last time you saw someone get pulled and then put back into the game? Uh, never. Yeah. Nah, what, are we, my head. what are we talking about? I, I, can, I can't remember a time, at least in Red Wing. I, I genuinely can't remember the last time that that happened. So the I'm sure someone in the comments will, will let us know. But I, I genuinely can't, cannot remember the last time that happened. So it wasn't good. That being said – I don't think it was 10 goals against bad. Does that make sense? I don't. The defense was putrid, man. And and I guess if we want to do like breakdown, if we want to do it the way that I just said, we'll, they we'll get really to that go in hand second. in hand, but man. It th- That was. And it's easy to say this because we gave up 10, but that was genuinely one of the worst defensive performances by a team that I have ever seen in my life that the the Detroit Red Wings organization should write a handwritten apology to everyone who plays a, a, a defensive position at any level in the entire state of Michigan Brian you should have a letter in your mailbox <laughs> tomorrow saying we are so sorry that we tried to pass this off as defense. It was it it was it was mythical how bad it was. It was like a unicorn. <laughs> I, no, it, it it was it was horrible from the start. I mean, was the first or second shot in the game? It was 30 Nadelkovic, seconds, 40 seconds into yeah, the game. Nadelkovic had squared up a shot from the right side and he didn't make the save. It was a beautiful shot from Nylander. Absolutely Beauty. no denying that. But that was a medium danger shot. Nedeljkovic had the opportunity to make the save. He did not. Not, not taking away the shot quality from Nylander. It was an absolute snipe. But that was, that was a shot he needed to make, and it was getting the game off on the wrong foot. And it just it continued to fall from there. I mean, it was 3-1 to one after the first. After the second, it was 6-2. to two. And yes, so... Both are true at the same time. Defense right. was horrible. You look horrible. at that heat map. You want, you want, we want, we talk heat maps here. You know what? Horrible. I'm going to share it. So if you're on YouTube, you actually get to see there this. There you go. That's actually sick. It was horrid, dog. Look at this heat map. And I, this is all, all of the goal. Like, what website are you using, shot, by the way? Point Natural the Stat Trick. There you go. And you can see. This is in all scenarios. There is one, two, three, four, five, six goals that took place right in the slot. So right then and there, that is not 
your goaltending like is that right. that's your goaltending is not the capital reason why those shots were getting taken. The defense is allowing for shots, six shots to be taken from that area. And one of those was on the penalty or the power play for the Detroit Red Wings. Yep. The Maple Leafs were on the penalty kill when they got one of those goals. And it was so, a one yeah, goal game. It was a one goal game. They really it was seven, back. six. So the, the goaltending was horrible across the board. And we haven't even talked about Toronto's horrible goaltending because we're, you know, the lockdown Red Wings. And we will talk about Toronto's horrible goaltending because that's what brought the Red Wings back into this game. But when you're talking about this game and what, why it was so close, it was close because the Red Wings had horrible defense, horrible goaltending, and a couple horrible forward lines. But the Maple Leafs really had just horrible goaltending. Yes. I mean, the Maple Leafs put up 10 goals on you and they completely outshined you the entire game. You got a stretch of five minutes in the third period where you exposed a goaltender. They switched him out for a go- another goaltender who struggled as well. That was all goaltending for Toronto, but for Detroit, it was everything. Everything it, broke down. It, it was it. And I, and I think one of the most frustrating parts of this is th- this is a blatantly obvious statement. This is a, this is a thanks captain obvious moment, but hit me with it. When we, you scored seven and lost by three, like, what are we doing? <laughs> like what? Like the offense, the offense had a special, honestly, the whole game, especially in, like you said, in that five minute stretch in the third. But the offense looked solid. Most, most, like the top line, especially, looked really solid most of the game. It was getting some opportunities. Um, I guess maybe not the first period. The first period was just all horrible. It was all, all horrible. Well, then you had it, Mitch Marner in the second score, a natural hat trick. Right. It, and it's the an... second time the Leafs have scored a hat trick on you this season. Yep. Marner finished bad. with four. Just... <laughs> There's so much, dude. This game. <sighs> so we talked about with the Colorado game, and I got to get to this read in a second, but we talked about the Colorado game, that being like hyperbolic of the best and the worst of the Red Wings. This was like... We talk that if that was hyperbolic, the game against Colorado, what do you call this? Yeah, no, like, th- th- this was because the, the thing all year has been they have had horrid defense, the defensive core has been brutal. The goalie situation ha- for the first half of the season was pretty solid, and now since 2022 happened, has just kind of fallen off a cliff, yeah. Um, and the offense has a top line that's very productive and has great moments. A second line that, for the most part of the season, has been really solid. But the offense has been kind of pick and choosy. It has some nights where it's really solid. It has some nights where it goes cold. And and when it goes cold, the defense pretty much will never make up for that. So this was, you scored seven you scored seven goals in an NHL hockey game, and you lost by three. That is I've, that is spot on what this season has been. I genuinely think that the reason why this team's defense is so weak is because they're not eating built bars to strengthen them. I saw it coming. I saw it coming from a mile away. You didn't <laughs> fool me. It was slick, though. It was slick, though. Uh, this is the time of year where pretty much everyone, including the Red Wings defense, has given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not this year. This year, we're going to make them stick to it by eating right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really resolution because they actually taste so good. And have you tried those puffs? 
If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Um, they're low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, but not those built bars. They contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They got tons of delicious flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they, if you think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built.com, they know all about the taste. They make it delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy after. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Oh, I like that. Changing the game up in here. Uh, Scotty, continuing this conversation on that 10-7 to loss against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Never gets easy saying that. Uh, talking about the goaltending, let's let's shift gears and talk about... The, the, we kind of touched on it, like mentioned it, but the goaltending for t- Toronto Maple Leafs was not any better. There was no goaltender in this game. Guys, guys, there was no goaltender in this game that had an over 80 save percentage. So when we say goaltending was horrible across the board, it's true. And when we say both is true, the defense for the Wings was bad and the goaltending for the Wings was bad. Those are both true at the same time, but the goaltending for the Leafs was bad, especially in that third period. Yeah, it was rough, man. It was, it was really rough. And Marazic came in and you were kind of like, all right. Like, here we this, go. This, here we go. Marazic back in Detroit. He's got he's to stay it on his head and ruin our night or something. And then we got a quick little something, something off. And then. Toronto ended up, you know, scoring what two, two, yeah. three, two, three unanswered. So, you know, all for naught. But, um, it you entered the third period down by five goals, you and you had four. a five-goal period, and you, you lost by three. You had a five-goal third period. Just ignore, ignore the other team stats. If if you were to tell anyone. Hey, you're gonna score five in the third tonight and lose by three, you would get laughed at. That is five goal third period, you lost by three. Unbelievable. But that's what really encapsulates how bad Jack Campbell was in that third period. Where we talk about Michigan like native. We we talked about uh, we, we don't want to talk about that right now with his stats going right <laughs> in the, way the direction they're going. Um, we talk a lot about high danger, mid, you know, medium danger and low danger shots. So Alex Nadalkovich faced a total of 10 high danger shots against in this game, making six saves, allowing for four goals. Usually when there's a lot of high danger shots, that means your defense isn't doing a good job. Jack Campbell was the opposite in this game. He faced 12 low danger shots against and allowed three low danger uh, goals against. And those were the three goals that got him pulled in the third period. He just fell apart. His low danger save percentage was 750. So, and if you you, let's go right back to that heat map, pull it back up. Look at the Detroit Red Wings uh, side of things this time. It's look at where these goals are coming from. We had two in the slot goal here, goal here, goal. We had a goal along the left boards. 
that went in. A goal along the goal line and along the right boards that went in. And two outside the slot that went in. That was a shot, by the way. Yeah, it was. That angle is crazy. So this just shows you how bad the goaltending was for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Where on the other hand, yeah, the goaltending was bad for the Wings. But it was all also all defense, not being able to get anyone out of that slot. So when you when you compare and contrast contrast these two performances, it really shows you the difference that it was mostly just horrible goaltending in the third because a lot of these shots, there were some really good shots, but a lot of these shots for the Red Wings in the third period were just like hoping a prayer. You cross the blue line, getting into the zone, you take a shot on that, and it goes in. No, and that that's a that's the cool thing about having all this information and stuff nowadays that you can you can really. Uh, pinpoint the difference between those because you're right and and the Toronto's got a hell of a roster man they really do I mean that uh, they get clowned on I'm gonna keep clowning on them I'm never gonna stop clowning on them but like they, they they get they got a hell of a roster you know what I'm saying and and to I mean, it's a great lo- roster that loses in the first round every year right exactly <laughs> right and uh our our former host uh Nolan tweeted when we came back and it was seven, six, he tweeted Toronto's treating this like a playoff game. Hilarious. <laughs> That's great. Um, but, but no, but they, like you said, we had one of the worst defensive displays I've ever seen from a professional hockey team in my entire life. And they had just abysmal goaltending specifically. And they, they bring Mraz again. Uh, it doesn't really help. They just score more like that. You know what I mean? Like that's that we, we can talk about good, bad defense, whatever. But at the end of the day, if you're putting up 10, that <laughs> you, you can well, afford, you can afford some pretty rough goaltending uh, let, if, if, if need be. Let's talk about those, um, those, those defensemen specifically. And specifically we talked about the other day, DeKaiser and Lindstrom becoming a pair and maybe DeKaiser will be serviceable in the third pair with Gustav Lindstrom because maybe that mentality of having a young guy would help. It did not really rear its head in this game. Um, they compared for the worst Corsi on the, or not Corsi uh, goals for expected goals, four percentage on the team. This, uh, this past game. Uh, let's see here. Gustav Lindstrom had the second worst goals for expected goals, four percentage at 16. Remember you want to be at 50 or above to be, you know, considered effective. His relative was negative 25. Danny DeKaiser was just above him at negative 23 relative with an expected goals for a percentage of 18. That is putrid. Absolutely horrendous. You got to realize that when you start getting into like the low 40s, high 30s, that's like alarmingly bad. That's like, that's like, hey, this is, this is not working. They were in the teens, dog. Yeah. I'm looking at their uh, goals, four goals against, uh, five on five. And a big part is Lindstrom and DeKaiser were out there for three goals against and not a single goal, goal for. You'll get a guy like Luke or uh, like Dylan Larkin, your captain, who's going to play the most minutes on offense, understandably so, who had also a, a, a below average expected goals, four percentage. He was at 44.44. Because he was out there for five goals against. And that sounds alarming until you see, oh, he was also out there for four goals, four. So, yeah, he was out there for, 
you know, five goals against, but a nine total goals. You know, he's everybody was out there for four goals against. That's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. Lucas Raymond and Gustav or not Lucas Raymond. I keep saying it for some reason. Gustav Lindstrom and Danny Kaiser were out there for three goals against, and that was it. They didn't provide anything productive. Luke Dylan Larkin almost said it again. Dylan Larkin was at least out there for four goals, four producing offense because defense had all been abandoned in this game. You know, you look at Dylan Larkin's relative. Yeah, his four percentage was, you know, 44 in this game. Um, but his, at least his relative was positive to his teammates. You know, it's just some of these players, it, it was just a horrible game, man. It was so bad, man. Well, we'll, well, we'll get into, we'll get into the Guelph line, I guess, in the third. I will say, though, our boy Morris Sider had a little um, bit of a, a little bit of a hiccup there. Yeah, not great. Not, not great. great. Not great. No one was no great. One, yeah, no Every, one was great. Every, everybody that, that attempted to play defense was horrible. I'm not even going to say play defense. Everyone that tried to play what, defense was terrible. You know what that game was? was a stat pad game, unless you're a gold hunter, unless your your stats just got demolished. Yeah, certainly but wasn't on. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at the box score, and I'm like, everybody got points in this game. Oh, It was like <laughs> genuinely. But everyone was like a minus three. Mark Stahl had a point or two. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, you know what else is crazy? Bet online. Bet online. <laughs> wasn't even subtle. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it is not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use mobile device or learn about the trends and action. BetOnline. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Scotty, I was talking about the offense a little bit, how it was about a stat padding game before I, I went to that betonline.net uh, read. And there, you know, your top forward line was a positive impact. But you know who else was a, a there was another forward line that was a really good positive impact in this game. And I cannot figure out how they managed to do this. It was the Carter Rowney line. Hell yeah. They had nine minutes of game uh, ice time in this game, the least amount of anyone because of the fourth line. Their expected goals for percentage was 63.41%. That means when their line was on the ice, they were taking 63% of the quality shots that were being had on the ice. Oh, they were that's... taking 63% quality shots, were only receiving, you know, 30, 20 whatever against. It's right. like what? 30 whatever they, against. Uh, they, they also, that line got matched up with the Matthews line a couple of times in the second. Like, Which just makes it so bizarre. Right. Like that's not that's not for nothing either. They're relative to the teammates. So when that their line was on the ice, they were a positive twenty three scoring chances for compared to their line compared to the other lines in that game. Shout out shout out Carter <laughs> Rowney, man. Shout out Carter Rowney, Sam Gagne, and uh Adam Ernie, man. Who was it, Ernie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Adam Ernie. But obviously, the, the number one thing is the Dylan Larkin line was the one that produced. Lucas Raymond had two goals. Uh, Dylan Larkin had an assist, extended his point streak to nine games, with uh, 17 points in that stretch now. Absolutely insane. Did he but get this, credit this, for that one goal or no? Who? 
Larkin. There's Larkin like that weird, not, like, no. did he tip it in or not? Okay. No, he did not get credit for that goal. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what to say about the offense. A lot of it was just horrible goaltending on Toronto's part, but there was a, there was a lot of depth scoring in this game outside of your, you know, your top line. So yeah, that's man, cool, I guess. And, <laughs> I, I mean, Cider extended uh, his point streak as well, and like. You know, Mark Stahl's an offensive defenseman. He had his, you know, moments. He had a couple of nice passes in there. Cider had, had a couple of points. But yeah, like Heronic was ripping at the net, by the way. Ripping. Like, cl- just clappers all, all <laughs> night. Uh, I mean, Cider had a couple of nice assists. Like, for, for as poorly as everybody played on the defensive end, there was a lot of really good opportunities created uh, on the offensive end from almost everybody. Well, and you remember where, like, I was joking at the Colorado game. I was like, defense is optional. That was literally, like, this game. Even well, it wasn't optional. Show. It was passed. Yeah, they, they just were like, Optional, at least, is, you know, every time down the ice, you're like, oh, am I going to play D, yes or no? This this was D, defense. I, I tweeted, uh, one of the replies was actually, uh, this is my reply of the, of the week, or of the weekend. I tweeted out there are no words to describe how poor or how bad the Red Wings defense is or, or was tonight. And somebody replied and said, they just did. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you know what? No, that's fair. That's uh, that, that's accurate. I, dude, the other thing that is bizarre, too, was the Guelph Stormline that has was so, horrid. It was horrid in this game, horrid. which is something so strange to me. Because they played the third most minutes. They basically, you know, they, they got less minutes than the Joe Valeno line, which produced, you know, some offense in this game. They're, uh, that was they're, the angle. That cr- Valeno's cr- mm, that angle was nuts on his. Yeah. Fucking. It was, ooh, it was silky. Uh, <laughs> oh, Mike. Oh, hot Mike. Oh, oh, hot Mike. Uh, the expected goals for percentage for that, that Pew Suter Bertuzzi Fabry line was 25 in this game. Hmm. It, they were they were awful the entire game, and I you know and I'm not going to look too much into it because they've been great all season long. It was an awful game. Agreed. I mean, it was an awful game by the whole team as a whole. Um, Austin Matthews said after the game, like I've never been a part of a game like this. It was wild. Jeff Blashill said, like I'm glad the fans had fun, but we don't look at this as a victory. I think we took it easy during practice. But yeah, we got to talk. Well, yeah, we'll get to him and those comments at the end. Well, all I was going to say is like, man, with these, this, with this, this game was so offensive oriented yet. I don't, it's hard to break down the offense just because it wasn't really like a system being run. It just felt like players scrambling all over the ice, taking shots. It was a free for all. It was a free for all on both sides. And yeah. and Toronto could afford to, cause there was no resistance on our end. They, they could just chuck up from wherever. I, I mean, it I'm was. glad. I'm, I'm sorry. Last thing I was going to say. Oh, no, so no. I'm glad the fans had fun, but that, that game was unacceptable. Yes, it was unacceptable. You got 10 goals. Yes, it's unacceptable. Absolutely insanity. Um, I, I, I think the, the question, the last question I want to ask you is this game is, is a highlight as we talked about earlier, of everything that, that has been good, wrong, and ugly with the Wings this season. One game should not change your opinion too terribly much, but when you give up 10 goals, it might. Jeff Blaschel 
Where where is your head at with him right now? Do you think that how how much do you how much weight of this do you think is on his shoulders? And honestly, separately, wild comments after the game to say, "Yeah, I, I told the team we were taking it easy in practice, and and like we were gonna get." <laughs> what did he say? Like we were taking it easy in practice, and I told him if they didn't, you know, wake up, we were gonna get. Yeah, he said, you can't just turn the switch on. Right. Um, my opinion really hasn't changed a whole lot in this one. Uh, I, th- these types of games don't come around that often. I think the last time this happened was like in the early 90s, and a lot of people will point at that and say, like, that's the reason why I should be fired. Like, it's been since 1993, the Wings gave up 10 goals, and I understand that. But, you know, Blaschel's not on the ice playing the game. I mean, if the team doesn't play properly – and he warned them during practice, like, you guys are not taking this seriously. That's that's not on Blaschel. Now, it is his job as head coach to make sure the team is ready to play, but there's only so much one man can do. I, I Honestly, Scotty, I don't know the right answer to this question. It's a really good question. And I, we, I have been recently, I used to be all, like, fire Blaschel trained, but recently I've been like, you know what? give him more patience with these young guys, see how it goes. And we've seen fruits of that labor in some regards. Like he's given Lucas Raymond more, like put him on the top line immediately and he's flourish. He put more side on the top line immediately and flourish. And granted, those guys are, are one, like high-end talent, but he's put Philip Zadina on the top line after all those struggles he had, even after scratching him. And, oh, look at that. Now he's playing with more confidence. He stuck with Joe Valeno, and now he has more confidence. So, yeah, he's not perfect, and he hasn't done a lot of things right, but he's also done some things right as well. So I'm not going to look at this one game and skew my opinion and be like, Blashill needs to be fired because this team has taken strides forward this year, and so have the young guys on this team as well. So I'm not too con- overly concerned about one horrid performance when overall the team's looking better but the one thing that has been persistent across Blaschel's tenure that worries me is the continued um, paltry power play and the awful defense. And that is something that has not gotten better. I mean, obviously, you can you can only work with what you got when it comes to the defense. But now you've cycled through. I think you're on your third coach for special teams. And the power play is still the bottom one in the league. And now you have talent on your offense to facilitate a better power play. So really, I'm less worried about this one poor performance and i'm more worried about the persistent problems the team has had now they like i said they've taken strides in some regard which i'm happy about and i'm happy about with Blashell, but it's those those troubles that continue to persist that i i'm worried about but i'm also like okay well the team's still trying to get better so i'm not like you know sounding the alarm quite yet sure i i i think i think those are fair points i you know like the spongebob meme where he's like in the which one? <laughs> he's in the the police outfit. And he's got the walkie-talkie, and then the missing poster is him. Oh yeah, that's how I view that comment after the game. That's your job. Yeah, that's your job. Your job is <laughs> is to is to make is to to motivate the players to 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 practice hard. And and I I have never ever in any sport heard a coach made a comment like that. It. Ever, uh, across all, uh, ever, ha- have never heard a coach made a comment like that. And I- I- I'm not trying to make it sound like it's it's the biggest deal in the world. Because, I mean, again, at the end of the day, st- they still put up seven. But 
I, I think it's a it's a weird comment to make, man. Uh, good or bad, whatever. That's a that's a weird like thing to highlight. Well, and you know what? In some degree, I, a lot of it, I think, is just the frustration coming out because, like, he saw it in practice. He sure. said, you guys aren't taking this seriously, and you're going to play the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, if you guys don't want to lose, so this, clearly this is like a almost a, almost like a gotcha moment for him. Like, I told you guys so, and this is what happened. And I'm frustrated. I'm talking about it. I'm not really thinking. Part of me, actually, in a twisted way, is like, yeah, call them out. Like, they played like trash. Like, yeah, I don't necessarily. Fair hate that he called them out because that's going to be like, you guys sucked and I'm going to let it, let the world know that this is unacceptable hockey. And I told you guys to take it seriously, but at the same time, you're right as head coach, it's his job to make sure that they're ready to play. Yeah, and but the you're, team you're is not, not ready to play. You're not dad. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, when you're little and, and, and like that happens, something like that happens. Your dad's like, Oh, well, I'm just going to let you learn a lesson. No, these are millionaires. Play, playing a competitive game. Yeah, they're your, adults. Your, your, yeah, your job is not to teach them like life lessons. Your job is not to be like, oh, well, I'm just going to sit back and you guys didn't practice well. You're going to get slapped. And I'm going to come into the next practice and be like, oh, look, look what I told y'all. <laughs> I, I, did you learn your lesson, kids? No, you're, you're getting paid a lot of money to coach a team. Your job is to make sure that doesn't happen. That's just such a weird thing to say and and as a whole with with the Blashill experience uh I I I've my biggest thing and I, I said it a year ago when Nolan and I did a did an episode about uh Blashill being the the long-term coach through you know when this team's competitive again and not I I said it then and, and I still believe it I I think that he is he he is an okay NHL coach. He's solid, sure. But I don't think and have never believed that he is the guy to be behind the bench when this team jumps to the next level. I think he has a ceiling. Given this within this organization, I think he has a ceiling to the heights that he can take this team to. And I think we're pretty damn close to that ceiling. And I, I, I'm not saying that, you know, the best that this dude can do is is <laughs> whatever we're going to end with. Five, seven games under 500 if that's where we end at the end of the season. But I, I, I think that we can unlock another level. And certainly player, young players coming up and everything, not all that's his fault. Like there's another level that, that can be unlocked for this team that I'm not sure he is the guy to be behind the bench for to, in order to do that. That's fair. That's a, that's an incredibly uh, well-spoken point there, Scotty. Um, I'm thanks a writer. For, he is a writer. Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. When you get tomorrow's episode, don't be surprised because... Ooh, your boy's working the Tyler, the creator concert tomorrow. It's going to be a late recording. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting one. Ooh, Lordy. I got a busy week, Scotty. You do. Busy week. That you do. I got Tyler, the creator on Monday, so I won't be getting home until 2 in the morning, maybe. Maybe later, because he's going to be huge. Uh, I got Wings on Tuesday. Got Journey on Wednesday. Tool on Thursday. Pistons on Friday. 
So to all our listeners out there, it's going to be a crazy week. It's going to be a crazy one, baby. So uh, let's see how this boy pans out. But regardless of when we record and how tired I am, we ball. We ball. We will be back with a new episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. day.